welcome to the 39th episode of the podcast F4. We're calling it that since it's easier to say than food and frightening film fanatics. We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Uh, please give us a five-star rating if you like what you're hearing. We're also on Twitter at Food and Fright. Contact us by email at foodandfright at gmail.com or check our, out our website at foodandfrighteningfilmfanatics.podbean.com. Before we get started, the usual disclaimers, turn back now. Uh, if you haven't seen this move, these movies, heavy spoilers ahead. Since it's the beginning of the Halloween season, what better time to talk about haunted houses? This week we're reviewing Hell House LLC. Uh, there are three movies total in the franchise. This is not to be confused with The Legend of Hell House, that's an entirely different movie. It's from 1973 and stars Roddy McDowell as one of four people who investigate a haunted house. And it's based on a book by Richard Matheson named Hell House. Um, and we talked about him back in episode 32 when we talked about Shack, the Night Stalker. So many of these titles in horror are very similar and are confusing. There's also a documentary, also named Hell House, and this is not that either. That is a about um, evangelicals who create a haunted house to uh, preach the gospel and show the perils of hell. So this one is Hell House LLC, and like I said, there are three movies total. The first one. Hell House LLC from 2015, directed by Stephen Cognetti and produced by Joe Bandelli. There are also four other people named Cognetti that are attached to the movies, Craig, David, Joseph, and Kevin. Uh, it stars Ryan Jennifer, Dan Bellini, Gore Abrams, Jared Hacker, Adam Schneider, and Alice Balick. Um, the other movies are also written and directed by, and produced by the same people, so I'm not going to mention those again. Um, so there's Hell House LLC 2, The Abaddon Hotel from 2018, and then there's Hell House LLC 3, Lake of Fire, um, also from, I think, 2018 or 2019. Um, I might have those numbers wrong. Anyway, both of these movies continue to show footage of the first movie. So the second movie shows footage of the first movie. The third movie shows footage of the second and the first movie. So you see a lot of the same people over and over again. Where to find these movies? All three movies are available on Shudder. The first one is also available on Amazon Prime members for free. It's also free on Tubi or for $3 on YouTube, Vudu, or Google Play or for $4 on iTunes. Um, let's see. Rotten Tomatoes scores. Oh, let me just mention the third movie. Second and the third movie. The second movie is for $4 on Amazon, YouTube, or Google Play. It's not free for Amazon Prime members. The third movie, I think the only place you can find it currently is Shudder because it's listed as a Shudder exclusive. Rotten Tomatoes scores, the first movie, 
Uh, critics gave a 78, audiences gave a 70, which is not bad at all. The second two movies were not rated. Um, so we only have the first one to go on. The plot. Um, these are basically found footage films. Um, and like I said, they refer back to uh, footage of the previous movies in each of the, the um, movies that follow. So the first one's definitely a found footage film. The second one is they are... Um, a TV show is investigating the disappearances, which we'll talk about in the second one. And the third one, a documentary team is following um, a guy who's putting on a play in the hotel. And again, they reference back found footage. So uh, just to give you a ballpark idea of what's going on. So the first movie, it's 2009, and a group of five friends, so that's Alex, his girlfriend, Sarah, uh, Andrew, also known as Mac, Tony and Paul try to set up a haunted house in an old hotel in the fictional town of Abaddon, New York. Much of the beginning of the film has them working on setting up the props and, you know, trying to get everything running. The hotel's very run down. They're also living there. And much, um, so what happens basically is on opening night, 15 people are killed due to some sort of mysterious malfunction in the basement. Many of the bodies are never recovered. Then through a bunch of recordings from this group of five people as well as people who entered the haunted house and uploaded uh, the videos to YouTube, we gradually see what unfolded in the hotel. There's also, well, we don't exactly see it, but we just, it alludes to what's happening there. There are also some scary clowns in this that were used as haunted house props or in the basement, and they keep moving around and showing up in different places, so that's really scary. You definitely should never trust a clown. And it seems like the hotel refuses to let people leave uh, by locking doors, disappearing doorknobs, etc., so, it's now five years later, and a TV producer named Diane Graves decides to investigate what's really happened, and she uses all the previous footage and interviews from the sole survivor, who is Sarah. Sarah encourages her to go to the hotel and see for herself, and they go to a different hotel where they think Sarah is staying and ask for a room, I think it's 2C, and they say there's no room to see there. And then eventually they end up in the Abaddon Hotel. And they go up to uh, one of the rooms and it's room 2C. And uh, it's not that big of a surprise. But Sarah is in there and Sarah is actually a ghost. So she died in the Abaddon Hotel as well as the other four people. Um not sure how she gets around and goes different places, but I don't know the rules of being a ghost. Um, it's later revealed that Alex had bankrupt their company and he had to make a deal to use the Abaddon Hotel thanks to an agreement with Andrew Tully, and we'll talk about him in just a second. Hell House LLC 2, Abaddon Hotel. It uses, like I said, a lot of footage from the first film. And it's eight years later, investigative journalist Jessica Fox is looking for answers 
she gets Mitchell Cavanaugh, who's the only surviving member of Diane's uh, team, to join her. And she says the only way to find out what's truly going on is to go inside the hotel. And she come as no surprise. That's a really, really bad idea. We also learn a little bit more about the history of the hotel. Andrew Tully ran it. Um, and then some people started disappearing. He and his cult of followers who like to wear black cloaks for some reason thought that the hotel was a gateway to hell. And I guess that's what why the people were disappearing is they were sacrificing them. And I assume it seems like their objective was to open the gate. Now, the original story, I think it's in the first movie, said that Tully hung himself in the dining room of the hotel. But later they say that he and his followers all committed suicide. So either way, we'll see more of him later. Um... I don't know in this film how he ends up on a morning talk show talking about the hotel and no one realizes it's him. But like I said, I don't know how the rules of these things work. So that's two. Then the third one, Hell House LLC 3, Lake of Fire. As, as before, they use a lot of clips from the first two movies. And it's now a year later since the second movie. And yet another group of people is trying to do something in the Abaddon Hotel. It is a show called, uh, interactive show called Insomnia. So I guess these poor people are never going to learn. Uh, the story is based on Faust and his struggle between God and the devil. So the hotel is purchased by billionaire Russell Wynn right before it's about to be demolished. And why he wants to have his show there, we're not initially sure. Um, and we don't know if he knows more about what's going on than he's letting on. So he invites reporter Vanessa Shepard and her cameraman, Louie, and they're from a, a TV show called Morning Mysteries to shoot behind-the-scenes footage. So Russell's one rule for his crew and cast is that they cannot be there after dark. So maybe he learned something. From the first one. He later tries to warn Vanessa away from opening night. Telling her she really shouldn't come. But of course she does anyway. And um, it's later revealed that he was sent all of the previous tapes. The found footage tapes. By Andrew Tully. So that guy really gets around. Tully's goal is to get as many guests as possible to enter the lake of fire. So, no surprise, craziness goes down. Vanessa and everyone else is killed, but just then Russell shows up um, and says to Tully, you can't have her, and then there's some fire in the basement. They start wrestling with each other, and the next thing we know, the cast and crew is outside in the cornfield. So even though we thought they were killed before, they're all still alive. And it looks like Russell saved everyone. And we see in the last scene that Alex and Sarah and the three guys are back. And they're trying to escape the house, but they can't. And Russell comes in and says, you can't leave because you died here. So they're all dead. And then he tells them that they have to move on. So I guess they do. 
Uh, Russell, this story gets kind of convoluted in the end, but Russell appears to be an angel. Um, at one point, it was mentioned that he died for two minutes, so I don't know exactly if that means the original Russell was replaced by an angel. I don't know, but there was some mention that only the door could be closed by, not a human, but by someone else. Um, so, anyway, he saved everybody's life. That's the end of the story as far as we know. So, trivia time. There's not as much trivia for these films, but here's a few things. So, when Paul runs out in the first movie out of the strobe light room and throws up, that actually happened. Um, we're not sure if the actor was sick or what, but that was not scripted before. The movie, very interesting, was shot at a real haunted house attraction in Lehighton, Pennsylvania, called The Haunting of the Waldorf Hotel. And they had actually taken an abandoned hotel and converted it into a haunted house just like the movie. So that's pretty freaky. Apparently also the owner of the attraction and her daughter appear in the first film. I think it's the woman standing out at the front talking to people during opening night, but I'm not sure. Uh, Writer-director Stephen Cognetti played the cameraman with the tour, tour group in the first movie, and he's uncredited for that. And then producer Joe Bandelli played Diane's cameraman during the interviews. And in the end, he's also uncredited. Abaddon appears in the Bible as a place of destruction and as an angel of death. So according to Revelations 9-11, it says... And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew language is Abaddon. But in the Greek tongue hath the name Apollyon. And I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, but it's A-P-O-L-L-Y-O-N. So probably not a good name uh, to name your town or hotel after it. There are also some jumps in logic in these movies, but you just got to roll with them. Uh, for instance, as I already said, how are Sarah and Andrew out running all around all over town if they're both dead? And then we also see in the third film that Russell was there when Alex and company were starting the Haunted House attraction. And then we see him at a restaurant uh, when Diane Graves is talking to someone about the hotel. So I'm not sure what all that means when he knew about the hotel when he didn't. Like I said, when he became an angel, I don't know. Anyway, um, why should you watch these movies? A couple of reasons. One is if you like found footage movies, you definitely want to check those out. There are lots of fun jump scares, especially in the first movie, and some that you don't expect at all. Um, I was re-watching the movies after I'd already seen them while I was getting my car worked on, and, and, um, I actually jumped when I was waiting in the waiting room, um, and then had to look around to see if anybody was around who saw me. Luckily, they didn't, but, um, I think the first movie's really put together in terms of, uh, jump scares, and, um, yeah, so that's the first reason. The second reason is this shows what can be done on small budget, and there's basically no CGI except for the third movie for the Lake of Fire thing. 
And this also reminds me of the Evil Dead or Phantasm in terms of everything being DIY, but the end product still being good. And the other reason is there aren't that many horror movies that talk about haunted house attractions. Uh, obviously, there are lots of horror movies that talk about haunted houses, as we've mentioned before. But the only good ones that I know of that talk about haunted house attractions are this series, The House is October Built, and Haunt. And then if you expand that to amusement parks, and there's also Hellfest, American Fright Fest, etc. IMDB has a list of more of these, and you can find it under Most Popular Haunted House Attraction Movies and TV Shows. Recipe. This week it's not really a recipe per se, but did you know that there is a black IPA beer called Abaddon? And Homebrew Talk has the details on how to brew it. I will include those in the notes. And I don't really know anything about beer at all, so I will not venture to make many comments about it. But the tasting notes for Abaddon are listed as chocolate, roasted coffee, lots of tropical fruit. And then also, I didn't know what IPA meant, so I looked that up because I've seen that obviously listed with a lot of beers. And from the Mass Live site, which is Massachusetts Live, they have a really good article on the different the differences. So um, IPA stands for India Pale Ale, and this is because an English brewer years ago was shipping beer through the East India Company, and he decided to add extra hops as a preservative to keep the beer uh, fresh on its voyage to India. So let's see... Obviously, the American craft beer scene has boomed in recent years, and apparently lots of people like beer overloaded with hops. Nowadays, uh, IPA just basically refers to a beer that has a strong hoppy flavor, but there are lots of different types of IPAs. So from the Mass Live site, I'm just going to hit the general categories. Let's see here. So let me go down. There is an American IPA. Um, you'll see American IPA on the menu at times. This is just a pretty hoppy beer. Uh, you may also see American Pale L. It's likely a little less hoppy, but of course it's all subjective as to who brewed it. And then there's also a New England IPA, and let's see, it's a newer trend that's been spearheaded by brewers such as Alchemist Treehouse and Trillium. New England IPAs are brewed to have a cloudy, hazy look in the glass and aim to produce juicy, thicker flavors and are smooth and pillowy to drink. There's a double IPA. That's uh, when you throw even more hops in there. And then there's a triple IPA, also known as an imperial IPA. Um, and they are measured on some sort of scale called APV. So double IPAs are 
up to 7.5. Triple IPAs are 10% or higher. And apparently these types of beers are very expensive. Then there's a Session IPA or Session L. And that refers to beer around 45 to 5% APV or lower. And it's a growing trend and acknowledgement from brewers that, hey, maybe we shouldn't make the beer, every beer, super boozy. Since most IPAs hang around 6 to 7% APV, they're the style most in need of chilling out for a little bit with the alcohol. So, hope you learned something there. I did. So now I know what IPA stands for. So that's it for the recipe. In conclusion, um, your mileage is going to vary on these movies. I've heard strong opinions. People that love the movies and people that hated the movies. For people who like the movies, I think that they like the first one the most. I really, I personally enjoyed the first one the most. Um, the second one was a bit stepped down in terms of scariness and quality. And then the third one was a step down from that in terms of both. I was holding out for the third for the third movie, hoping that um, we would really see a showdown between good versus evil with the lake of fire and what all of that meant. But we didn't. I know it's on a very small budget, but you know the build up to that, and then it was uh, pretty much a letdown. But I still overall enjoyed all three of the movies. Like I said, I watched them all again this week. And um, the first one, I definitely would recommend. Uh, they are able to do a ton with just no CGI and with just some jump scares and, you know, moving the camera around. The other thing is after you start watching this movie, you'll want to look in the background uh, because you always think that there's someone just standing in the background. Um, so it, it sensitizes you to that. So that's all I have to say about Hell House LLC. So in conclusion, until next week, beware if you're going into a haunted house, which I'm getting ready to do in a couple of hours. So <laughs> after watching these movies again, I'm a little leery of it. Um, and I know in this haunted house, which I go to every year, they'll also take you in the basement. So that's a little scary too. So wish me luck and hope you have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Bye.